Awesome. Thank you, band. Why don't we give them a hand as well? And those that minister to us during the week. Awesome. I felt like the close out went a bit long, guys. Tighten that up a bit quicker. But it's good. You know that when I thought about using this prop, I hadn't seen it before today. It's about the size of me, which is going to make using it slightly more difficult. But have you, you've got the arrows, Geordie. Just need someone to hold the apple. So we've got an apple. Beautiful. Yep, it's good. Put that on your head. Just kidding, mate. Sit down. I'd never do that with this many witnesses. It would be... It would be hard to deny, but I I'm going to figure out a way to lean on this and I'll knock it over and we'll, we're going to use it at the end. Hang it on the pulpit, Geordie. It was your idea, I heard you say that. So, um, And if it distracts me, I'm going to walk into that many times. Take your shot. It's going to be the context and the theme of today. I want to talk about opportunities. Uh, I want to talk about God-given opportunities uh, I want to have some fun with it. Uh, who's ever been given uh, an, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity? Give me a wave. Oh, wow, I've had several. Wow, let's have many discussions later. Um, I, I would say that uh, what I'm about to show is a one-minute clip. Uh, it's just to sort of get us in rhythm of taking a hold of an opportunity and making the most of it. And in fact, in faith, taking a hold of it so strongly that you get to enjoy the moment. It's not something that you fall into or accidentally take a hold of, but it's that you've got a desire and then you grab a hold of it. And, and, and this video clip came out of uh, the fact that my dad has recently retired um, and he's taken up uh, playing some games on his computer. And he recently bought the game, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? <laughs> has anybody, who, give me a wave if you don't know the show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Okay, there's a few people, I'll explain it as I go. Pretty much what it is, is you go on a game show. Uh, this is a game show that still happens on TV. And if you can answer 10 questions in a row, uh, the value of each question eventually builds up to you win a million dollars if you can get 10 questions in a row. So dad pulls this game out and I won't lie to you, I feel like I'm a genius. So I got in my first go, to $125,000. Thanks for applauding. On my first go. And every go after that, I haven't even been able to get close to it. And, and what happened is it led to this video clip that I just want to quickly show you of a guy in the, I think it's the US, worked his way to the million dollar question. Now what happens in this game is you get three opportunities where you can ask for help. One of them is ask the audience, where they take a vote with the audience and then that way you get a bit of help answering the question. One of them's a 50-50, where you take away two wrong answers, which gives you a greater likelihood uh, to answer the question. And one of them is phone a friend. So what you do is if you don't know the answer, you can phone a friend and ask them the question, hoping that they have the answer. Now what happens is he gets to the million dollar question and still has the lifeline of phone a friend. So he decides that he'll use it. H have a look at this. Uh, hi, Dad. Hi. Uh, I don't really need your help, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to win the million dollars. <laughs> That's heaps. That's all we need. So what happens is he works his way to the million dollar question. Not many people have been able to get there. 
And he uses his lifeline to brag about what's about to happen. That's taking a hold of an opportunity. There are heaps of different opportunities in life that are going to present to us. There's going to be opportunities in the workplace. There's going to be opportunities for travel. There's going to be opportunities with your family, maybe where you live. There's a heap of opportunities. But in a practical level, there's even day-to-day opportunities like being in the supermarket and helping somebody that you see might need a hand or checking in with that co-worker. These are opportunities. And simply my prayer today, and I want to prophesy this to the community, there are some God-given opportunities that are coming for you in this season. And my prayer is that your faith will be at a level that you are ready to take a hold of it. I don't want to see opportunities that God is giving us as a community be missed. I want to be in the moment where we so know it's God that we're ready. We go, hey, just calling you just to let you know that that opportunity we've been praying for, I can see it's coming because God's provided it. Because I believe that when we step in and out in faith, when we remain humble, when we believe that God can use us, we're going to be ready to take a hold of what He has for us. Who wants to take a hold of God-given opportunities this morning? So we're going to look at a missed opportunity in the Bible. In the book of Kings, which is, which is a cool uh, book of the Bible, there's two of them. There's one Kings, two Kings. And they're about the, the, the ancient kings of Israel and uh, Judea and their history and what's been going on in the nation. And they begin uh, to list for us to read and learn about uh, the, the line of kings. And what you see is there's an occasion where uh, there's kings that honour God and, and uh, we thank the Lord for them. But many of the kings uh, that were over the nations were, were actually not God-honouring people. Uh, they had elements of faith. They had elements uh, where, where they would call out to God. But generally, it says that they, they didn't honour God. They, they followed in the footsteps of their parents that went before them and uh, in 2 Kings uh, chapter 13, we're going to read and we're going to talk about a guy by the name of Jehoash. He's a king. Uh, now, he's got elements of faith. You can see it there. Uh, in fact, as you, you read about it, you can see earlier that his father did too. There are times when they do not walk with God at all, but then when they need him, they call on him. It's very interesting that God always helps his people even when they're not perfect. It's just an interesting perspective. What happens is uh, the Bible records his death. That's what they were doing. They say he lived, he wasn't very honouring and he died. And then what happens is in the next paragraph, it, it, it takes a rewind backwards. It starts to talk about Jehoash again, but it rewinds back to there's an opportunity he's being given by the prophet Elisha who's dying. So Elisha's on his deathbed and the king comes to see him and he gets presented with an opportunity that unfortunately he misses. But what I love about God in his grace and his mercy towards us is because of this story being recorded, we get the blessing of hindsight. We get to see now where I think a few of the things went wrong and we can try and implement them into our heart and lives in order to take a hold of the opportunities God has for us. It's gonna take obedience. It's gonna take consistency. It's going to take faith. But the question that I I want to lead with before we even begin to look at the word is, 
If you were to ask yourself the question, do I really want God to give me an opportunity that I've been praying for? Because often I think about it, we can be presented with them, but if we don't do anything with it, will God then, knowing everything, knowing the way we think, give it? So the question that I want to ask is, will you decide today that if God, if you present it, I'm going I'm to take it in faith? It's a question I want you to ponder. There'll be things, you'll be praying for your kids right now. You'll be thinking about work opportunities, thinking about, Father, give me an opportunity to get healthy again. I'll look after myself. I'll work out whatever it is. God's faithful. So what's stopping you? What perspective do you need to shift? What mindset do you need to change in order to walk in what God has for you? Because my Bible tells me that his plans are for good. They're to prosper you. They're for your future. So that means the opportunities that God has already provided are coming. But we've got to be ready to take a hold of them. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, please, please. Speak to me, speak to us today, Lord, as we come around your word. Please help us to, to take something home where we can be changed, where we can be made ready to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So Second Kings, let's turn to it together. For those of you that didn't bring your Bibles, that is okay because we put it on the screen so that we can read together. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says this in 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 14 to 15. When Elisha was in his last illness, King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel, he cried. Elisha told him, Get a bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his own hands on the king's hands. Then he commanded, open that eastern window. And he opened it. Then he said, shoot. So, that, so he shot an arrow. Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram, for you will completely conquer the Arameans at Athic. Then he said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. Now, for those of you, just to get context, he's not talking about picking them up and hit them. He's talking about fire them out the window so that they'll fly and hit the ground. You need to get that imagery. It's not hitting, it's firing against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times, but the man of God was angry with him. You should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you will be victorious only three times. And then they must have run out of budget for the movie because then it says, and then Alicia died and was buried. A missed opportunity. 
When I reflected on this scripture, I think sometimes we actually have a shared perspective with King Jehoash. It says this in 14, when Elisha was in his last illness, he was dying. King Jehoash visited him, wept over him and said, my father, my father. I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel, he cried. Now what's happening in that moment is Jehoash is actually showing a bit of faith because Elisha said this when Elijah was being taken to heaven. So there's some context of the fact that he'd kept his eye. He understood that this was a prophet of God. He understood that this was a man of God that brought words from God and helped bring leadership to a nation. And he's crying because he's going, the strength of Israel is leaving. Elisha is leaving and, and my nation's already weakened. And I think that King Jehoash would have been thinking, and you know what, I don't listen to God a lot. So the guy that I've relied on, the one that I worked through, he's, he's going, he's dying. And I'm sad because that means that, that the protection of Israel is leaving. So he's crying before the prophet. But you see, if you read on, Elisha knew that he was dying. And he says, take an arrow, take an arrow. And he declares that as he fires it out, the eastern window, which was in the direction of the nation that they were at war with, he said, this is the arrow of the Lord, the Lord's victory. But he still didn't get it. You see, what had happened with the opportunities is that the king thought his opportunity was tied up in a man. But Elisha was saying that the Lord will still be present and give the victory. You see, what happened is he was saying, the Lord is still present. Here is his arrow. This is his moment. This is your moment. It's the arrow of the Lord's victory. But yet he's so consumed with the fact that he says the man is leaving, but yet he doesn't recognise that the Lord is still present. One way to miss an opportunity is when you think your opportunity lies in a person and not God. God doesn't give people the ability for your life to flourish. God makes your life flourish as you honour Him. You see, then the concept we begin to see all through Scripture, that's why when we work hard for opportunities, we're not trying to please the boss because if we can please the boss, then He will promote me and He will move me forward. The Bible's very clear. No, no, no. No matter where we sit, no matter what we do, we work for God and not for man because He's who propels me into the future. So in this moment, He's crying and the answers already there, was there before him, in the middle of it and after. You see, he didn't know where the opportunity was coming from. I think sometimes in life, this is honestly how, how I, uh, I think sometimes we think. I, I wore these shoes this morning, who likes them? They're white Adidas, bam, bam. Let me tell you about white shoes are the most stressful shoes you can own. Who agrees with that? Oh, man. I checked the weather now before I wear these. And today is beautiful. 
So it means there will be no rain on these shoes. There'll be no puddles that I have to walk through. You know what I mean? Now what happened? The first time I wore these shoes, I was eating eggs, Benedict. And let me just tell you, we finished the fast today. There will be eggs, Benedict, coming this week. And no joke, I enjoyed that eggs, Benedict. And as I walked away, I looked down at my shoe and my heart fell to the pit of my stomach as the biggest plotch of that delicious sauce sat on my shoe. And everyone gets it. It's totally, totally a moment of despair. So I'm not even joking. I got the napkin. I dipped it in the water. We've all been there. It's either your shoe or your shirt or something. And I am working this shoe and it is going nowhere. So I began to lament, pretend that I've ruined the shoes. I've ruined the shoes. So in that moment of despair, I text someone in this church who likes shoes. Mark Robinson. (laughs) This man is the giver of many shoes also, just so you're aware. He blesses me very regularly with shoes. And his comment, while I'm lamenting and in pain and despair about the shoes, he says, oh, we can get that out. It's easy peasy. I've got the cleaning equipment. We'll give it a scrub. We'll be gone. (laughs) The answer was already there. He bought me the cleaning kit. I had it right there. But instead of recognizing that the answer was available, I lamented in the situation. I sooked about the situation and the opportunity that had been lost when it hadn't, it was always there. See, what's happening, if we look at King Jehoash, he's so focused on the man. This man heard from God to speak to the people. He was out of the picture, but God was still there. How many times have we lamented a missed opportunity because we've put the opportunity in a person when we really should be forgetting about that and trusting in God? Because you see, it takes faith. It takes faith. Like, let's, let's talk about this situation in Scripture. A couple of things are happening. He says, go and get the arrows. So he goes, he gets the arrows. And as he puts his hand on the arrow, the prophet lays his hand over the top. Now, instantly, if Jehoash had been in faith, he, could have, he should have understood. He was transferring a spiritual blessing onto the king of God's people, onto the king of the nation. God is the king of his people. And what happened is he says to him, fire out the window. Picks up the arrow and he fires it out the window. And it says, strike the ground. It hits the ground. He says, fire out an enemy that's not there. God, I don't get why you keep asking me to do this because I can't see anyone there. But I know that you're building something in me in order that as I remain in the discipline of listening and obeying, I'll keep firing, but there's nothing there, but yet you keep telling me to fire. You see, what he was saying is, you fire in the eastern direction at the nation. He knew what it symbolized. He understood what it meant. But yet his faith was that they're not there. This doesn't make a lot of sense. This doesn't, this doesn't work. 
But faith would have said, God is giving me victory right now. There are people here that need to know you will take a hold of opportunities when you begin to believe that God is actually giving them to you. Wow, I'm having a tough week, but God must be building in me resilience so that when I lead this team that I work for, I know what it's like. So right now I'm gonna keep firing. I'm gonna keep going because I know that right now this may not look like what I want it to, but I know that God is doing something in the Spirit as I believe in faith and continue to obey. It takes faith. It takes faith because when you don't have the faith, you put your trust in what you can see. A man, a person, an opportunity, a link. When you put your faith in the unseen, that's when you win. Now let's believe right now, everyone close their eyes. I think that God is revealing to some people in this room today that that you've actually put your faith in an opportunity in a person. And God is saying, today, right now, I want you to take your mindset off them and onto me. Serve and work for me. And as you do that, I will create the opportunities that I've created for you that only you can take a hold of. So Father, whoever that is right now across this room, I declare and I believe that Father, as they shift their perspective onto you, onto the things above, Father, I pray that as they do that, and continue to believe, and continue to go, and continue to shoot arrows farther, that you will provide the opportunity that they can hold on to. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Has anybody ever seen a person miss a moment and miss an opportunity? Let me share about a personal missed opportunity that actually wasn't there, but this is going to be a story that will float through generations in my family. When April was younger, she went to the zoo with her family, and just so happens my mother-in-law is here right now. A missed opportunity. If you've ever been to the zoo, there are animals at the zoo that are endangered. Which means that if something doesn't shift in future generations, they may not get the opportunity to see these animals ever again. You've got to understand the importance of that. It makes it way better. (laughs) You see, what happened is April and her family, they went in a safari bus. And with all the opportunities of the beautiful animals that are endangered or very rare, my mother-in-law screams to the bus, look, a rabbit. You know the rabbits that we consider a pest? It had a white tail that makes it so much better. You see, the opportunity was presented but missed. I love you, Mum. What about when you see those guys that work hard at a sport their entire life and never get that opportunity and then you see a a sports professional get into a moment that others would live for and they throw it away because of an attitude. They throw it away because they no longer feel like the moment is relevant. Missed opportunities. When we come back to the scripture, we're presented with a picture where he fires out the window three times. And says, oh, well, one, two, three, that should be enough to please him. 
that should be enough. But what happens is that the prophet is angry. He says, you should have fired five or six times, but because you didn't, you'll only defeat your enemy three times. Here it is, for opportunities, half-heartedness will not claim them. Just doing what's necessary will not claim them. You have to continue to strive, continue to work, continue to believe. If you have young children in this room right now, keep trying to keep your focus on them and off screens. I know it's hard work when they're young. But for those of you that have teenage children, I know that they're hard work as well. But continue to play and influence why you can. Half-heartedness will not grab a hold of the opportunities that you have. Now, if you're an adult and you have parents, they're hard work too. No, listen, 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 listen. I mean that. so funny I lost my moment then (laughs) what happens is that we can miss a whole opportunity that God has put in front of us for a long time because we've taken it for granted last year my nonno died 99 and 8 months and when I went to visit him he lived 20 minutes away I lived with the remorse of going I should have visited him more The life he lived, he came out here multiple years before his family could to work to find a place for them to live so that they could come. A missed opportunity. Don't let half-heartedness ruin the opportunity because God is looking for a heart that is submitted, a heart that is open. Humility will equal hard work. Because humility says I don't take my parents for granted. Humility says I don't take my kids for granted. Humility says I don't take my employment for granted. Humility says I don't take my friends for granted. Humility says I don't take my God for granted. It says, humbly, Father, thank you for the opportunities. And if you could just so grace me with what I've been praying for, I promise that if you give me an opportunity to fire out that window, I won't just fire three times or four times or five times. I'll go and I'll go and I'll go until you tell me to stop because my Bible tells me that the righteous may fall, but they'll get up seven times. But it says that the wicked will fall once and it's all over. I, Father, am living for you to be a righteous man of God, a righteous woman of God. And if I fall or it gets too hard, I'll get up again. Because I want to take a hold of the opportunities that you have for me. Andy, I'll get you to join me. You know, I think about sometimes the journey of believing, the journey of firing can take a long time. And I think of Noah, it says this in Hebrews eleven seven, the hall of fame of faith. It says it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from a flood. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that had never happened before. It had never rained 
But God said fire, and His fire was keep building that boat. Keep building. Keep building. Keep believing. The length of time was exponential, but He stayed in faith. He kept firing. Noah was ready. You know, recently I was talking to my dad about uh, my family. You know, as I grow and, and, and as I mature as a father, the, it's funny that, that as you see your kids grow, more and more does it link you to, to where you came from. So I love asking my dad stories about when they came to Australia because I'm trying to guide my family in a way that, that it, it, you find fulfillment without possessions. And uh, my dad told me this story about my uncle Vince, his younger brother. And what happened is they were obviously a, an immigrant family. They'd settled in Australia. They didn't have a lot of money. So therefore, they didn't ask for stuff. They just understood. They made with what they could. However, my uncle really wanted a bike. He's 10 years old. And he recognised that if I gather a bottle and trade it in, you get given a half a shilling. You know, when Dad said that, I said, what the heck is a half a shilling? So anyway, as it worked out, over 12 months, he bought a 14-pound bike, which will mean nothing to most young people in this room until I say he gathered 8,000 bottles. When I thought about this, this is sometimes opportunities. If you're persistent, you'll get it. And if you're consistent, you'll keep it. Quote from Bruce Lee. But it has great truth. If you're persistent, you'll get it. If you're consistent, you'll keep it. Because God isn't going to give you an opportunity that you won't hold on to. You have to understand Every year about this time, Jordan and I and the team begin to step into faith around Hope Tour. See, the persistence is, Father, give us young people to change this nation. They are being robbed in their mind and in their heart and devalued. And we want to bring the hope into their schools that they're loved and they're encouraged. Father, give us an opportunity to get before as many kids as possible. And then on Friday, we get a call off someone in our community who's a, a dear friend of mine and big advocate for Hope Tour. She says, hey, you've got you to come uh, to the police station. Um, and she'd arranged a meeting. And uh, you got to be careful. I didn't see the significance in the meeting. But she's a great friend. And I wanted to be present to support it. Not realizing God was giving me an opportunity that we needed to be ready to take a hold of. So what happens is I go to the police station and we meet the sergeant and um, that's fantastic. And we begin to talk about Hope Tour and begin to connect. And, and um, he goes, listen, come back at 4.30. Um, we've got the inspector coming. He oversees multiple uh, police stations in our area. And a, a, an amazing thing happened. The first thing, the moment she saw Jordan, she's like, where do I know you from? And at that moment, I'm like, in a police station, the man's still giving me street cred, my man. It's like, he rolls, he rolls with me. 
And then in the car on the way home, he messaged me. He's like, I've never seen her before, Pastor, ever in my life. (laughs) But what happened is this. Listen to a God-ordained opportunity. Last year, Hope Tour is a high school program. Last year, at the very last school, we allowed at a high school, another primary school to come along. So only one, but the primary school were so keen to be there that they bust their kids to the high school to be a part of the program. Now, the principal never came to the program. So it happens this principal lands in the meeting. She's in the meeting. I'm about to explain Hope to her. We try to sell it. She asked a question about, and I thought it was a loaded question. You know, you come on, ready. I'm, I'm ready. She's like, what, uh, you know, influence does it have on going in the school after you leave? I'm like, oh, it's a great question. It's a lot of it's intangible. But really, she was loading it up to talk about how good our program was because she said that there were many teachers and many students that came back that said the program was unbelievable. It was phenomenal. So what had happened is I didn't even have to sell what we do. Someone in a principal over a school sold what we do to an inspector. Now here is the win. They're in every school. They have contact in every school. And what they've said is they said, if you let us partner with your program, we'll help you get into schools. So what's happened? Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand. But let me be vulnerable with you for a moment. It was Friday and the meeting was 4.30 and I just wanted to send Jordan so I could go home. But it took someone in our community to say, no, no, we need to be there. We need to be there. Because what had happened is something, something in his spirit had said, you know, this is an opportunity God is providing and I wanted to be ready in faith. We wanted to keep firing. We wanted to be ready. Here is the thing. God is providing opportunities for us. So here is the thing. Application. Don't be half-hearted. Be invested in what God has His hands on. Is He blessing something in your world? Is He gracing you with something that you're good at? Well, if His hand of blessing is on it, you go after that thing and you keep working as hard as you can because you're working for God and not for man and be consistent. Because it's God that gives you victory. So as I hold this very large bow in my hand, there are people in here that need to keep firing for their family. They need to keep firing for their workplace. They need to keep firing for that relationship. You need to keep firing. What's gonna happen is God is gonna give you an opportunity in this season. But what He needs to know from His people is that you are willing to keep persevering in faith so that when He opens the window of opportunity in your life, you're ready to keep firing through. Some people need to keep firing with forgiveness. Some people need to keep firing with stewardship. You're like, oh, I've worked so hard to get out of it and this bill has come and I'm ready to give up and I'm trying to keep firing, keep believing God. God doesn't want you just to survive. He believes and I know His plan is that you will thrive, but we have to be ready to fire. So in closing, I wanna challenge you to do a few things. And then at the end of these challenges, if you are willing to do these things, as simply is this, make that decision that you will 
And then I want you to stand as a natural sign and an accountability to our community and to God that you're going to stand with God, I'm going to do my best to take the opportunities that you have for me. So here's the first one. Decide now that you will keep firing. Decide now. So that when you're in the situation, when the opportunity is presented, you already know what you're doing. I'm not giving up. I'm believing God wants me to be here. So therefore, if He wants me to be there, He wants me to keep firing. So that thing that's been holding me back, that enemy that God has put in front of me, that hurdle that God has put in front of me, I'm not gonna just be half-hearted. I will keep firing until that obstacle is utterly destroyed. Decide now. This is a big one. Show up. Show up. Just by being there, the opportunities will open up. Decide today that you will show up. Every time I show up to this thing, I'm not appreciated. Every time I show up to bless my kids, my my grandkids, my child doesn't notice. Every time I show up, keep showing up. Keep being a light. Have a godly Opportunities aren't for you to flourish, they're for the kingdom of God to move forward. The economy of heaven is people, not bank accounts. The economy of heaven is not your role. The economy of heaven is not your status. Because when it comes to the kingdom of God, He's interested in Every position is necessary and is of equal importance. So have a godly motive. Now at the end of this one, if you're willing to stand and say, I will keep firing, I say this, one sentence, maybe two, I never work it out. Use courage, bold faith, and believe it will precede victory. If you want to do that right now, would you stand? Invite the band to come. Your opportunity to succeed is not in a person, it's in our Heavenly Father. It's about faith to believe, even when you can't see what's in front of you. It is achieved through consistency, perseverance and belief that if you fall because of your relationship with Jesus, you've been made righteous. Therefore, when you fall, you get back up again. So would you raise your hands across this place, band, come. Doesn't matter what song you sing, it's about the heart of God's people. Would you raise your hands across this place? Dear Heavenly Father, Right now, Lord God, with the people that have stood and are raising their hands in faith, Father, I pray and declare right now, Father, that You're gonna open up doors of opportunities. Father, You're gonna start the ball rolling. Father, when they can't see it, Lord God, let them see it in the Spirit. Let them believe it in their heart. Let them know that it's You, because Father, You are in control. 
So right now, there are people that are thinking of their children. That opportunity is coming. There are people here that need a promotion. That opportunity is coming. There are people that need to forgive. That opportunity is coming. There are people that will get well. I believe that one second, I just believe there's a word right now that there's a person in this room that you've been believing for health. Well, the process for you is called a diet and exercise and in the consistency and in the persistency, you will get your goal back. There's somebody in here that has had a mindset that it's been, I am not well. That is who I am. The Word of the Lord for you today is that is not who you are. Now start doing what you can and I will do the rest. Let's raise our hands again. Father, we love you. Let's begin to sing for a moment as we wait on God. Would you sing? Would you sing in faith? Would you sing that He's going to provide the opportunities? mindset and I pray that many people receive this word and, and come forward there are people that are praying for opportunities for your success which is great God wants that but I believe that we need to pray and take a hold of and be persistent in opportunities to love and serve other people the point of us gathering is to receive the Word, be encouraged, be strengthened to go out for others. So I don't want us to sit in this room and ask and believe for opportunities for ourselves. I want us in this room to ask and believe for opportunities to see the Kingdom of God extended, to see people in our workplace and in our world loved in order that they know the true love of Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you if you are willing to ask God for an opportunity to love and serve someone else. And if that is you, I would love to invite you down the front as we worship together for a moment. Come now, come now, let's sing. Come now, come now.